the what the fantasy man what's up this is tj hushmanzada and i'm here to welcome you to the fantasy podcast here's your host james wiley and aaron kelly Welcome in to the What the Fantasy Podcast. We have a great episode for you today. Aaron, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Jim. I'm having a wonderful day. I just got home. I'm finally relaxing and I'm feeling good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic. So... We have some fantasy football stuff to talk with you today, but first, how to get in contact with us. Follow us on Twitter at what the underscore fantasy. Follow us on Instagram, what underscore the fantasy. Search us up on Facebook at fantasy what the or email us fantasywhatthe at gmail.com. And as always, you can head on over to our website, www.whatthefantasy.weebly.com. Did I say three E's? It's two E's, guys. <laughs> Either way, you'll find it. Yeah, figure it out. All right. Aaron, lead us in with the... What the headlines? All right. We've got some big headlines here, Jim. So we're going to start with Dak Prescott. Dallas, will they be franchising him? What do you think? Uh, Reports are that he will likely be franchised. And that's probably the smart play on Dallas's part. Who else are they going to bring in at this point? I mean, are they going to go out and bring in a Rivers or a Brady who are too old to like really build a foundation on. Um, And of course, as always with all these headlines, guys, it is fake news season. So just keep that in mind. Everybody's trying to gain an edge on the person across the table from them in these negotiations. So people are leaking stuff left and right that may or may not be true. So just keep that in mind. They're just trying to be the first ones to report it. That's all. That's, they're well, looking for that recognition. People are trying that, but but there is, you know, parties involved that are leaking information to help them. Yeah, gain an help, edge. help them gain an edge in the negotiation process. We as fantasy football fans are hoping Dak stays with the Cowboys because it helps everybody. Certainly, and Mike McCarthy is most likely hoping that Dak stays as well, because I think it's his best option. I don't know why you would want to bring in any of those other quarterbacks with their age. doesn't make sense to me. Agreed. Um, So with regards to McCarthy, we're going to go on in depth on this a little bit in an episode coming up with regards to coaching changes. But do you buy into the hype that he is a changed man as far as his offense and, and coaching style goes? I think when you take some time off, being a coach myself, when you take some time off, it gives you some time to reflect and you can change nuances and wrinkles in what you know, but you don't always change the entire thing. So what he knows and when things start to go a little bit south, he's going to go back to and because that's what he knows. So I think he can change minor nuances of what He's trying to do as a coach, but overall, I think we'll still see a lot of similarities. Okay. Good input from 
somebody who's experienced in the coaching world. So take it away. What else we got headlines wise? Yeah. Peter King uh, reporting Winston to leave Tampa Bay. Wow. That would upset you a little bit, wouldn't it? It would make me very sad. I've, I'm on the Jame train. <laughs> the Jame train. Oh, God. <laughs> you like that? No. All right. Well, it's here to stay. Whoop, whoop. Okay. <laughs> Hunter Henry franchise tag. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, I think that he is worth a top five tight end salary as far as the tight ends in the league go. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, he's absolutely a top five tight end. And I think that as long as they get somebody competent in there, he'll be useful in fantasy. And if it's Tyrod Taylor, we know that he had a pretty solid connection with Charles Clay for a year or two before he left Buffalo. And so there's a good opportunity here for both parties to benefit. Hunter Henry is rare in the sense that he's a good football player a good tight end and a good fantasy player, which is nice, but it's a shame to see him continuously get injured. So I'm wondering outside of fantasy, if you're a a manager, a general manager and you have a franchise tag to put it on someone who's continuously injured. I wonder what the thought process is through that. It does seem a bit odd. And again, it's rumor season. It could be, one of the sides letting out a rumor. Maybe the Chargers just throwing that out there so that, you know, Hunter Henry's like, oh man, I, I don't want a franchise tag. I don't want a one year deal in case I get injured again because I tend to do that. So that I want to get more of a little long term deal with some guarantees in there. And this might be the the shove that he needs to get something done a little bit more team friendly. All right, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. Yeah, a lot the of rumors. Bears. I the heard, Bears. I heard the Bears, and I heard uh, the Colts as possible destinations. That's what was coming out of Indy this week at the Combine. And I like – that's an upgrade for the Bears. I'm not excited for him to the Colts, though. It's a good thing we don't have any Bears fans listening because they'd be pretty upset that you just dissed Mitch Trubisky like that. I think that a lot of Bears fans are sick of Mitch Trubisky. Already? Yeah. Okay. And you don't think that they'd be sick of Andy Dalton after one game? <laughs> I mean, they might be, but listen, I'll, t- I'll trust the Red Rider BB gun. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Oh, he's not a red rocket anymore. He's a red rider BB gun. <laughs> he's he's definitely downgraded a bit. <laughs> um I think that there could be a strong connection there with Allen Robinson and in the same vein as uh AJ Green. Uh it is gonna be a little weird seeing him throw to somebody other than AJ Green, assuming he doesn't end up back with the Bengals, but it would have to be a trade. You know, Andy Dalton's got to be traded. So somebody's got to give something up. A lot of people out there comparing this move to something similar to a Tannehill trade. You know, maybe he's this year's Tannehill going to a team that has a quarterback who was supposed to be the next thing, who 
was not living up to the hype. Now you get a veteran come in there. Maybe Mitch Trubisky starts first couple games. He's not getting it done. They pull him, throw Andy Dalton in there, and he takes that defense and manages the offense enough to take it to the playoffs. Speaking of A.J. Green, it seems as though the Bengals are going to franchise tag him as well. It does. That's where all signs are pointing right now. A little franchise tag on A.J. Green, which I don't know, a 31-year-old wide receiver who has been oft injured the last three seasons. I don't see how you could justify that move. Yeah, I'm, they have to start rebuilding, which they are. But I feel like this has been an ongoing process for a long time. And they had kind of things in the right place where Mixon was there and Green, but then all of a sudden Green kind of with the injuries and Andy Dalton was just your average QB. They couldn't really get you know anything going. And before they knew it, Andy Dalton was 32. A.J. Green was on the wrong side of 30. And then you're just left with Mixon. A wide receiver, you're looking at a franchise tag, $18.49 million for one season. That's what you're yeah. looking at for the franchise tag. And I'm not I'm not paying AJ Green that to be injured. So Right. So I think that's a silly move. Got some youth there. You've got John Ross. You've got Tyler Boyd. You've got wide receivers that could be useful. I mean, Auden Tate came on a little bit this year here and there. He's kind of built similarly to A.J. Green. And I think that he could be a useful player. But if he's the fourth wide receiver, you know, that's he's he's developing a lot slower than he would if he was the number three wide receiver. Now, have you seen this? Brady and Edelman were at a college basketball game. They had a camera in their face and Edelman is saying he's coming back. He's coming back. And then Tom Brady says, eh, let's not do this here or now. Let's not do this now. So what's your take on that? So I saw a couple different things of what Brady said. And then I, I also saw that he was FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel during the game, which is definitely a gray area, I think, a little bit close to tampering because it's not the legal tampering period yet. But they're buddies. But they are buddies and they do they have gone to other major sporting events together, so they're going to obviously work their way around that. Now, I shared a tweet with you earlier in the week that said that Brady was going to be heading to Tennessee. Hannah Hill was heading to New England. <laughs> Rivers to Indy. Winston staying in Tampa Bay. Obviously, those things are changing a little bit because now we're hearing that Winston's going to leave Tampa Bay. And the other one, the one that's staying true is Brady leaving. And I, I'm starting to wonder at this point if maybe he's just making idle threats to try and drive up the price because I suspect that what happened was Belichick set a price for what he wanted to pay a 43-year-old quarterback, acknowledging the fact that he knows the system, but set a price that he thought was fair for what Brady can bring to the table at this point. And Brady's number was way higher than that. And we've already had one instance that led to Garoppolo being traded where Kraft sided with Brady. So 
what are the chances you think Kraft sides with Brady again? I think that this is Brady's or was Brady's last season in New England. And I know how devastated you would be if Tannehill went to New England because that's your boy and that is certainly not your team. And I feel like things always get a little bit awkward when one of your great players is nearing the end of his time because you don't know whether you just keep him until he decides to retire or you move on and you bring someone else in. And this is that awkward kind of back and forth we're having here. The problem is, as you stated, rumors fly just as much as the wind changes. So we don't really know, but you do bring up a good point. Brady is the only one who's consistently rumored to be leaving. And I think it's going to hold true. Breaking news, guys. Brett Favre coming out of retirement to play for Bill Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) No, just one of those other awkward situations where, you know, they were unwilling to hang it up at the end and went to a couple different teams after, you know, spending a majority of his career with the the Packers, similar to, you know, Joe Montana going to the Chiefs. I mean, he wasn't terrible when he went there. I could see Brady having success in a couple places. I think the most, the thing that makes the most sense for him would be to go to the LA Chargers. I don't think too many other teams make a ton of sense. I guess maybe the Titans and maybe the Colts. But other than that, I don't see a team that is worth it for him. All right, Father Phil, Philip Rivers to the Redskins. Father Philip Rivers, Redskins. Whoa. Say that five times fast. I like that. I would love that. That immediately bumps up Scary Terry stock big time. Oh, yeah, definitely. However, there's also talk of them taking Tua for competition. And a lot of talk about quarterback. It seems like. They may not be too happy with Haskins, and I don't blame them, first of all. But they're they're going to bring some sort of competition in, it looks like. If it were me, I'd be hoping that it's Rivers, personally, just because, you know, I want a shot at Tua for the Dolphins. But if they bring in Tua or if they bring in another young quarterback, Terry's stock goes up i think because it's it's only low right now in any way shape or form because of haskins because mclaurin was quite the rookie last year everyone was very surprised and shocked and and pleasantly surprised with how he performed and i think that somebody like rivers could give some legitimacy to that offense i agree dwayne haskins is a thorn in all of our sides. You can't trust McLaurin if Haskins is the QB at the beginning of the year, but if things change and tugboat Ron, he's been downgraded too. Now that he's at Washington, he's not a riverboat anymore. Tugboat (laughs) Ron can really swing some things around in Washington. He's a good coach gets a steady QB. If only Alex Smith was still around this This is a team that could 
give us something more to look forward to. Darius Guy's coming back. We've had enough of AP. Hopefully guys can stay injury-free, and then McLaurin really takes off. Could you see Scary Terry, if Phillip Rivers was the QB, a top 15 wide receiver? Oof, that's uh I wanna make I wanna I wanna make your brain think here. That's up there. Top 15 is up there. I mean, he finished 29 this past year, and I don't think it's not like he did awful with Haskins. I mean, with the last three weeks, he had do- above double digits. So could he break in the, into that top 15? Do you think? Because I think asking you if he could be a wide receiver too is too easy. He would only have to clear five players, and that's too easy. So could he? Could he be on the cusp of wide receiver one? So talking like 15, 16. I'm going to say no because I don't think enough people point out how weak Philip Rivers' arm is becoming. Everybody loves to point to Tom Brady and say his arm is is getting pretty weak, but I think Philip Rivers' arm is getting pretty shot too. All right. Last but not least, the Amari Cooper talks are intensifying. I'm excited for Amari Cooper to stay at Dallas, and I hope he does. As far as Randall Cobb, I don't care where he goes. I'm not even thinking about him. So how do you feel about the whole Amari Cooper talk? So Amari Cooper back to the Cowboys is obviously good for both him, Zeke, Dak, all parties included. It's good for Michael Gallup. It's good for Blake Jarwin, who they're talking to as well to try and retain him. They're going to set him at a second round tender, which means somebody's going to have to give up a second rounder for him. It looks like all signs are pointing to Witten moving on and not coming back. So I think that if they don't get Cooper in there, their offense drops down significantly. And I think you've got a division which is going to be even closer than it usually is if if Cooper comes back or doesn't come back. If Cooper comes back, you know, I think the Cowboys are early favorites, in my opinion, just ahead of the Eagles and then the Giants and then the Redskins. Okay. I also believe that it's good for everybody, including fantasy. Randall Cobb doesn't really do anything for me, even if he does go back to Dallas. I think Dak has a great rapport with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And I don't think that Randall Cobb really, you know, will will do anything to those relationships. So I'm I'm still avoiding him. So I'm just pass on Randall Cobb. Don't don't bother. All right. So those were the what the headlines. And now we're gonna move on to who am I? Are you ready, Aaron? We've done this before. And it was very hard for you, which means that it's probably going to be near impossible for me. All right. Well, we're going to play along anyway, see what you can get. And you guys at home can play along. I'm going to give three clues to Aaron, see what he can guess, if he can figure out which player it is. You can do the same. I'm going to give one clue at a time. The first one is pretty useless, and then each one will become more and more useful trying to figure it out. But if you have a guess, I'll pause before I give the answer so that you guys can think a little bit and then uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. So Good luck. Best of luck to you. We got three of them. If you were a betting man, 
What would you bet? How many are you going to get? Uh, one. Okay. Now, there are some clues in here. I'm going to tell you one of them is a trick question. Okay. I'm going to give you that advantage. I'll tell you one of them. I'm not telling you which one, but I'm telling you one of them is a trick question. Okay. Okay. So, I was a top 24 back by the end of the season. I'm guessing you can't guess who that is after that. Can I throw out a guess or no? Already? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, am I going to be penalized for it? I guess you get one wrong guess. All right. All right. Give me the top 24 back. It's too many names floating around. 24 of them. Oh, well, maybe more. Because I could have <laughs> decided who those top 24 were. <laughs> uh, hit me with the second clue. Okay. I only had two total touchdowns in weeks one through 11, making me running back 47. Oh, God. And they they played all games weeks one through 11? There was nothing due to injury or suspension. Okay. Because at first when I saw that, I was thinking Melvin Gordon. There's three names I can think of that you might, but I kind of gave away one. I thought maybe you would think Kareem Hunt. That was like the third name I thought, but I just told you it's not from suspension. So, okay. What about? It's down to two names that I think that you could come up with. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'll just throw out uh, Philip Lindsay. It was not Philip Lindsay. Okay. All right. Do you have another? You have another clue for me? Yes, I had the second longest streak of games with a rushing touchdown at six. First place was McCaffrey with seven. And this. And so if you look at this and you think this through. Top 24 back by the end of the season. Weeks one through 11, he had two total touchdowns. That includes receiving and rushing. And then at some point, he had six straight touchdowns. So clearly that wasn't in weeks one through 11. So he finished the season with six straight weeks of with a touchdown, rushing touchdown. That's impressive. Uh, let's go with let's go with uh, James Connor. Interesting guess. It was not James Connor. So the two names I thought that you would be able to narrow it down to, or maybe you would come up with. Okay, yeah, they had a hot end of the season. Were Kenyon Drake and oh. Raheem Mostert. Do you want to pick between those two, Kenyon Drake and Raheem Mostert? I'm going to go with um, Drake. No, it was Raheem Mostert. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because we're going to get to him in a little bit. Yeah, so Raheem Mostert did finish with six touchdowns, uh, six rushing touchdowns in the last six weeks of the season. He had seven total touchdowns. Kenyon Drake also had seven total touchdowns in that time frame, but... This, all seven of them came in the last three weeks. Ooh, I'm scared because that was the easy one. That's good. <laughs> I wonder if, if, any, if any of you guys got that first one out there, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, somewhere. Let us know that you got that. You're already right. better at guessing games than I am. All right. Who am I? Top 24 wide receiver at season's end. You really like that. Yeah, it's the first one. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just move on to the second clue. Okay. I had the seventh most targets at the wide receiver position with 147. Wow. A lot of targets. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. It was not Devontae Adams. 
I felt I felt like that was good because he had an off year, but he still would have been targeted a lot. So I felt like that was a good go at it. Yeah, absolutely. So just for your records, uh, Devontae Adams had 127 targets. So this person was targeted more than Devontae Adams. Wow. Okay. Okay. Just for your records. Third clue. Tied Michael Thomas with 11.6 yards per reception, which was ranked 20th among wide receivers with 100 or more targets. Jeez. So it's somebody who is not getting a lot of air yards. They're receiving a lot of short passes. Yeah. This one's tough. Okay. I will go with... So they clearly didn't break the top 12, which is why you put the top 24 in there. Correct. So I think I'm going to go with Devontae Parker. Ooh, interesting guess. Devontae Parker finished with 128 targets, also less than this person. Oh, man. Are you ready? I, If I had to throw out a third name, I think I would go with... I guess I would go with Edelman. It was not Edelman. Edelman was... I think he was in the top 12, actually. Yeah. But he's up there in targets for sure. 153 targets. So this per- Julian Edelman had more. All right. No, this one was very tough. If you guys got this one, please let us know because it was a tough one. And I was baffled when I saw the targets number. That's what made me decide to go with this. The person was Tyler Boyd. Wow. Yeah, he had a he had a pretty big year this year. Yeah, he had a quietly okay year. Sneaky. 23rd ranked wide receiver by fantasy points. So top two wide receiver, 148 targets, 90 catches, 1,000 yards, only had five touchdowns. It's an okay season and very quiet. Do you think that goes up next year with Joe Burrow possibly starting a quarterback? Well, Joe Burrow has really small hands, so... <laughs> <laughs> No, I think all reports are coming out that Joe Burrow is the guy and he can throw. And how many times have we heard this before? So I don't think it goes up initially, but once Burrow settles in and we can get to year two and year three, then Tyler, we could be talking about some some monster games for Tyler Boyd. But I think I'm going to on him for next year. Okay. So... Remember the hint that I gave you at the start of this. Ready for number three? Yes. You told me this was a trick question. I said there was one trick question. Have you had any trick questions yet? I guess this is it. (laughs) (laughs) I was a top 24 wide receiver by the end of the season. Okay. I think I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey. Ah, you ruined it for the folks out there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 142 targets, eighth most in the league was going to be the next clue. And I only had four receiving touchdowns, keeping me from breaking into wide receiver one territory. I got to tell you, I was torn between McCaffrey and Eckler. And then I just, I floated into McCaffrey territory. So, okay. I held up. Hey, I was a betting man and I would get one for three. And here I am. All right. That that is true. So who am I? You're 33 percent. And we'll keep track of that. Maybe that is unreal to me to think that Christian McCaffrey is the number one running back in the league and was also a wide receiver, too. Well, did you know that 
Lamar Jackson was the 15th ranked running back in the season with just rushing. That is a lot of a lot of players changing changing the way fantasy is is being looked at right now. Yeah. So especially Baker Mayfield. <laughs> one of our good friends always Baker Mayfield changing the way the game is played. <laughs> That's a shout out there to a couple of our I fans. I got to tell you I got to tell you Baker Mayfield's commercial games is a plus. Oh yeah, but you know what? Is that what we're here for? I am. Okay. I love when he's I love when he's trying to find the the smoke detector in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we move on to the next segment, I want to bring back something from last episode. Oh baby. Last episode you were giving me a this or that for announcers. Did you hear the latest announcer news? Yes, Tony Romo's getting eighteen million dollars. Yeah, per year. Per year, which is per more than year. more than most football players. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably more than Belichick would be willing to pay Brady this coming year <laughs> to play quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's just that's proof in the pudding of what I was saying last week that, you know, he's the best there is. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I think he I think people really like him and I guess if you can make more in the booth than on the field, why not? Absolutely. I mean, a lot less injuries unless you're going with Booger. So, because it's the off-season, Jim, and as we transition over to our next segment, really redraft is kind of up in the air with the fact that we don't know where people are going yet. But we can't forget those who are in Dynasty League. So what we want to do right now is we're going to touch on some buy-low options in Dynasty. So why don't you lead us off all right, my first buy low option is should, in theory, be a very buy low option. I think he's going to be the lowest costing guy that I throw out there to you right now. And that is Darius Geis. I mean, he's coming off of two seasons in which he has played in four games. So he should be very much a buy low option on a not so great offense as of right now pending what happens at quarterback, like we were mentioning before. But in weeks 11 through 13, so three weeks before he got the three weeks, he had a full game script on him. He had enough points to be running back number six. And then he got hurt in the fourth week. So really big on guys making a bounce back. And it shouldn't cost you too much to go out and get guys. So I think that if you have any blockbuster trades going on, if you have any big names getting thrown out there back and forth, maybe just try and get a two for one and throw Geis in because I think he could have a possible breakout year. He's got a mobile quarterback. He's got a deep threat, threat option that will um, open up the field for him. He's got some returning pieces on the offensive line. You've got potential for maybe Tua to end up there or another young quarterback. You've got Ron Rivera taking over the offense, providing some steadiness there. Ron Rivera's always had a good running back, solid running back, and has always treated the running backs pretty well. So his real biggest threat is Adrian Peterson, 34 years old. I am big on buying low on Geis. What do you think? Well, 
My concern is the injuries. And I think he is a good buy low option because as long as you get him for the right price, there's only going up for him. And you're paying for what we already know. You're paying for the injury. And that's the price you should be at. And you can really turn a penny into a quarter or a dollar if he has a really good season. You can you can trade him off before he gets injured again, is how I would look at Darius guys. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to hit you with my first buy low option. I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard because he is the number one wide receiver in New York. I've been blowing up Daniel Jones all offseason, and I think one of the biggest outcomes of Daniel Jones having a great season is going to be because Sterling Shepard is on the field. And right now, Daniel Jones is only going to get better. Sterling Shepard's only going to get better. Put your put your money in, in Sterling Shepard if he's out there, probably the person who owns him. Not even thinking really twice about it because he hasn't really shown enough where you consider him like, oh man, I I know he was injured, but I got to kind of keep him. I feel obligated to keep him. No, most most players are probably going to want to get rid of him. Easy, easy, buy low target. Yeah, I like the buy low target for Sterling Shepard. Again, injuries and the con- really the scary part about the injuries is it's a lot of concussions. So as far as his long-term value, I don't know that it's there. Then again, we're just buying low for for a year even maybe. He could be a good option. There is Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram coming back and Saquon Barkley. So there are a lot of mouths there to potentially feed. Um, and he he is a possible buy low op- he He could be a possible payoff as far as being a buy low option. But I don't know. I just think that Evan Ingram is going to provide a more sturdy and steady option for Daniel Jones. I think you've got Slayton who's going to cut into his his targets and I'm not big on Shepard um, and a lot of that has to do with concussions. He's just had too many concussions for me. All right. I I completely agree with that assessment on the concussion part. I feel like his stock is so low, there's no point in not trying to put in for it. There's got to be someone worse on your bench that you would just be like, all right, if I'm looking at Sterling Shepard and I can put him in, I would feel comfortable. Okay. It's possible. Um, it's certainly not going to hurt. You're, you're not going to have to give up a ton to get him. What is let's, – let's do this. What's something you might be willing to give up to get – Sterling Shepard. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? It is because I'd have to go to my roster. Let me check. Let me actually pull up my roster that I currently have on my dynasty team and see what I would give up for Sterling Shepard. I'm going to say I'd be willing to give up Russell Gage. I don't know if anyone's interested in him. I'm not overly bought in on him. What? You want him? No. Why? Who is he? <laughs> He's gonna be the heir apparent to Julio Jones. No. Oh man, come on. I would 
I don't think I have a, I honestly, I don't think I have a good option to, to trade. I, I, I think Michael Gallup's better. I think maybe Peyton Barber. I'd give up Peyton Barber. I don't think you're getting Sterling Shepard for Peyton Barber. Nobody wants yeah, Peyton Barber. Not, but I'm saying that's as low as I would go. OJ Howard or her Sterling Shepard? I'd take Sterling Shepard. Okay, I don't know that I would. I just don't like I don't like OJ Howard in Tampa Bay's offense. Uh Jarvis Landry, who could be out the first two months of the season, or Sterling Shepard. I think I'd still stick with Landry. Marvin Jones? Oh, Marvin Jones. He is 30. Does that change your mind at all? In a dynasty, that is that is a good point to put in there, Marvin. Uh, you do have to take age into account. It depends. That would come down to if I'm trying to win that season, I'd probably keep Marvin Jones. If I'm looking to rebuild, I'll sh- I'll ship out Marvin Jones. Okay, another similar situation: Alshon Jeffrey or Sterling Shepard. Thirty-one is Jeffrey uh, is Jeffrey next year. I'll take Shepard. I think Jeffrey's going to have a bad year. Okay, somebody on a down year last year, Robert Woods. I'll stay with Woods. Okay. I think I'd rather have his bounce back year. He also a, a buy low candidate, honestly. Darius Geis. I think Geis is the better skilled player, but I would take my shot with Shepard because I think Geis is going to be just an injury. It's just going to be so sad for him, his career. Okay. One more. And this one's a thinker. All right. You ready? Yep. You're the Alvin Kamara owner. You need a little bit of wide receiver help. You've got. Latavius Murray. Do you trade Latavius Murray for Sterling Shepard? Yeah, if I need the help. Okay. I would I'm looking at my bench right now. I have I own Patrick Mahomes. I'd be willing to give up Matt Stafford for Shepard. If someone needed a quarterback, I feel like Matt Stafford is a decent quarterback who can get you through a season or two. And I'd be I'd be fine with that. Okay. Everyone you threw out, I'm taking Sterling Shepard. Everyone that I threw out, I'm taking them over Sterling Shepard. What about Dallas Godare? Dallas Godare over Sterling Shepard, 100%. 100 <laughs> times out of 100. Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. DeAndre Washington? Uh, Sterling Shepard. What about Daryl Henderson? That's interesting because... No, it's not Sterling Shepard. Why isn't that interesting? Because. He's 22. Okay. He's going to be in his second season, and Todd Gurley, we all know, is going to be done sooner rather than later. Yeah, but he wasn't even the second guy. He wasn't even the first guy up when Gurley was taking plays off. I just feel like they they drafted him fairly early. So I feel like if you if you draft someone early, you're going to give him a shot, right? Possibly. All right. Let's not dwell on it too okay. much. Let's move on. Who's your second guy? So my second guy is Joe Mixon. And I think you're going to be able to buy him low because of the start he had in fantasy weeks one through eight. He was nothing short of awful. And I regret saying he was. I, his team was nothing short of awful. Uh, bad enough that they ended up in overtime with the Miami Dolphins and lost. So, you know, obviously they were the worst team in the league last year record-wise, and that doesn't help a running back. And I think there's going to be some improvement. Not a lot. I think they'll still be a top-10 worst team, but there'll be some improvement. And you could see 
weeks nine through 16 as some of the wide receivers started to get a little bit more comfortable with what was going on there. Um, he picked it up weeks nine through 16. He was the running back 10. So he got back to where he was expected to be. You know, nobody really expected him to be a top five back. They expected him to be a top 10 back. And he got there between weeks nine through 16. So the last half of the season, he was good enough to be in that top 10. And I think that people are going to forget that. And so therefore, he'll probably be able to be bought for something pretty, pretty low as far as price goes in Dynasty. I mean, I don't think you could get him for a second rounder, but you could get him for a first rounder. And there's what, like a 30, 40% hit rate on a first round draft pick, like rookie draft pick. I would take Joe Mixon for that. You know what he is. You know he's a top 10 talented back. I think he's even higher than that, top seven talent back. But... It's a matter of what's around him. And, you know, his contract's going to come up soon and he could, he could get out of there. I think I think you are correct in saying that he is a buy low option because of how poor his beginning of the season was. The, the problem I feel is that a lot of people, including yourself, are big Joe Mixon believers. And they're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, if he starts off slow next season, people should be jumping all over that because I'm fine with a slow start. Take your risk. People are going to get fed up early if he has two, three bad weeks. Buy into him then. I just feel like someone like yourself, when you say, hey, he's talented. I've heard you say it before. He's one of the, he's very talented. He's one of the most talented running backs in the league. I think people are going to give him a little bit to be like, okay, I'm, I'll be lenient with him. But I still agree it is a buy-low option because it wasn't what he did two years ago. So you have the you have the advantage of taking advantage of an owner who is disappointed with Joe Mixon and hopefully does forget what happened at the, toward the end of the year. Yeah, so just quick price gauge i mean would you give up a first round pick for joe mixon yeah me personally i think you know this and how i feel i'm not a huge pick guy i would rather trade my picks for what i know is like true value because picks you don't know what you're getting so i'm i'm one of those guys who believes that picks are dispensable and that's because I want the tangible and I know what Joe Mixon is. I don't know what CD lamb is going to be. Right. Or what Joe Burrow is going to be. Right. So in our dynasty league right now. Yes. You're pretty high on Shepard, right? I like him. Okay. So would you give up Alvin Kamara to get Joe Mixon and Sterling Shepard back? I don't think so because I like Kamara's – I can't even really say I like Kamara. This is the tricky thing about Dynasty. Kamara's situation changes probably next year when Drew Brees retires. Right. So you have to take that into consideration. So, yeah, maybe I would. I might ask for a little more because I think you can get a little more for Kamara. 
How about Joe Mixon and Christian Kirk? I'd be probably more inclined to do that. I think Shepard is a little low. I think we're getting more toward the right price range. Would, all right. Would you rather Christian Kirk or Juju Smith-Schuster? Who do you value higher? Juju. So would Joe would Joe Mixon and Juju be enough to get Alvin Kamara? Yes. Okay. And do you think it's too much? I... I would think so. I think Juju bounces back. I think Mixon is a very good running back. I think you're giving up. If you're giving up those two for Kamara, you're probably losing out. And again, I because of Kamara's future and Drew Brees, you can't trust the next quarterback that's going to come in there. So you don't know how that's going to be handled. Plus Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's vulturing touches. And he st- it looks like he's still going to be there. To your point about quarterbacks, you don't know what's going on with Juju. I mean, Ben's, Ben doesn't have too much time left, whereas Christian Kirk, you know that Kyler Murray's probably there for the long haul, barring injury. That is true. Yes. I. That's another thing to take into consideration. I think Juju is just a better football player than Christian Kirk, but... All right. So then do you think you think Christian Kirk and Joe Mixon is fair on both sides? Yes. Okay. I would say so. Okay. All right. My second player is Odell Beckham Jr. Two years in a row. Stinky, stinky. (laughs) And very disappointing. And this is a person, if you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, you're sick of. You're sick of it because you expected big things. Almost everybody expected big, big things out of Cleveland, the whole franchise itself. And yet here we are where almost everybody was disappointing. So this is a huge sell or a buy low. If you offer for Odell and the guy comes back, you just have to say, listen, it's clearly not helping him being in Cleveland. I'm taking a shot here. I have all the, I have all the stuff to lose why do you even want to hold on to this guy anymore? And that should basically be your argument. You are taking a shot at this. Odell has the tools to do it because he's a great football player. It just depends if Cleveland's going to put it all together. Okay, so just before the 2019 season, 2018 had come to an end. Uh, in 2018, it was the first year I started with the Dynasty, and I had the number one pick, and I took Odell. And I took Odell because he was a top wide receiver, and ten, ten, you technically you usually go wide receiver early on in draft in Dynasty draft startups because they have more longevity to them. And so I ended up trading Odell in last offseason along with Lamar Miller and a first and second round pick in last year's draft because I didn't really like what was coming out in last year's draft. And I got back Melvin Gordon and Kenny Galladay. So, Aaron, what do you think about that trade? Do you think I got enough value? Do you think I didn't get enough value? Where do you lie on that? So you got rid of Odell. Yep. And a first and second round. Yep. And received Melvin Gordon and... Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. I love it. That's a steal for you. 
I also gave up Lamar Miller. Not that that really affected last year or probably Still too much going forward. No, I, I think that's perfectly fine. Melvin Gordon, you know, if he ends up at the Dolphins, then sure, you can say maybe a little too much. But I love Melvin Gordon is probably a better player, is definitely a better player than Lamar Miller. And the unknown of the draft picks, I'm fine with. The thing is, is Galladay going to be better than Odell? Well, he was this year. Yeah. And I could see him, honestly, not... Odell could put up another stinker, but that's part of the buy low process. You're going to take those risks and not give a lot to potentially get a lot. So I still think you won that trade and I think it'll pan out in the end for you. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I also traded for Odell Beckham Jr. in our redraft league last year uh, on the idea that he was a buy low option and I was satisfied with what I got. Actually, you also just traded for him in our Dynasty League this year. So I sold him to somebody and then they sold him to you. Do you remember what I gave up for him? I I don't off the top of my head. So you gave up Robert Woods, Ronald Jones, and a second round pick. And you got back Damian Williams and Odell Beckham. Love it. Love them both. I think that you got the, the highest ceiling player. I would say Robert Woods is probably the most consistent player there. And then Ronald Jones has more upside than Damian Williams, but currently Damian Williams is more consistent. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Damian Williams guy. I think Odell has a bounce back year. I don't think he's top five worthy wide receiver yet. And I don't think he'll be there, but he'll be top 10, I think, this year. And Woods is going to be somewhere in the middle. Your team didn't finish great this year, so that second round pick is a higher end second round pick, and there is a pretty deep draft class this year. But still, I'd say it's pretty even, and if you are betting on Odell, then that works out for you. All right, who's your last buy low option? So my last buy low option is due to injury, and it's on Johnson. Love on. He's one of my guys. Similar to Joe Mixon, you know, he's that second round type running back you can get who can make or break your season in redraft. It can help carry you to a championship if you've got two nice running backs. And I think carry on like overperforming last year. He wasn't like killing it. He was very steady. Everything was in the double digits and he was providing you with a solid option at running back. You know, his his attempts are what I really liked. He had 16, 12, 20, 26, and 13 attempts with two, three, one, three, four targets. He's getting the ball. And the reason I like that is because over the last nine seasons, there have been 63 running backs who have gotten to 300 touches. And at the time he went out, uh, carry on was on pace for 290 touches. Sorry, 300 touches, 290 carries. He was over 300 touches. And so of those 63 running backs who have finished with 300 touches, all 63 of them finished as a top 10 back. So volume is key when it comes to fantasy football and running backs. And as long as he's getting 300 touches, so far, there's been in the last nine years, there's been a 100% success rate of running backs being in the top 10 as long as they got 300 touches and that he was on pace for that. So I think that he would have 
carried that on and been a top 10 running back. And so I think if you can grab him for low because he was injured for so long, you could possibly get somebody who could be a number one potential running back. And don't forget, he's only 22. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was his second season. Very young. He is going to be in an offense that is going to be active. And if he stays healthy, there's no reason he can't be uh, a running back one. Now is the time. His stock is never going to be lower. So now's the time to go out and get him. Find someone who's frustrated with him. Find someone who, you know, maybe values uh, one of your players very highly. I have no problem giving up, let's say, Jim, would you rather have Carrion Johnson or Marlon Mack? Carrion. What about Carrion Johnson or Chris Carson? carry on so that's a good example of chris carson finished in as a running back one at the end of the season if you're not high on chris carson send him on and and take the chance that chris carson isn't going to produce what he did last season and carry on johnson's going to outproduce him and and that's that could be a steal there it's a bit much to give up for him but i'm just saying that's the level that carry on johnson can get to let me ask you this let's pretend you're the carry on owner Okay. And let's pretend that Melvin Gordon does not sign in Los Angeles. I come to you and I say Austin Eckler for carry on. Would you give me carry on for Austin Eckler? I know you're an Austin Eckler guy. I am. I do like Austin Eckler. I think that's a great question. I would probably lean toward yes. I I just prefer at this point, I think it's a toss-up, but it comes down to who you prefer. And I like that Austin Eckler catches the ball, and Kerryon Johnson, we'll, we'll see about that. Okay. So I would consider that a buy low. I mean, I think giving up Austin Eckler would be a low option to get Kerryon back. So that's where my pricing is at. What about... Would you give up Philip Lindsay? A hundred times over. I sold I sold Philip Lindsay already. James Connor. Uh yes. You're not a big Connor fan though, so that's easy for you. Would you what about Darius Geis? Yes, I would give up Darius Geis to get Carry on Johnson, but I don't think you'd find somebody to do that. All right. Just for reference, I gave up Philip Lindsay and Sammy Watkins to get Christian Kirk this year in a dynasty. Sammy Watkins is so bad. Right. So I gave up Philip Lindsay to get Christian Kirk. I had running back depth. Philip Lindsay was, in my opinion, my fifth back. So I was trading him to get some wide receiver depth. All right. My last buy low option. It's pretty standard. It's right out in front of you. Juju, what an awful season. I mean, you couldn't ask for complete polar opposites of two seasons. And that's what happens when a starting quarterback goes out. Now, the problem is I'm, I'm buying low on Juju. If I'm trying to win next season and maybe the season after, because we've already got a glimpse of what he's, what life is like without Ben Roethlisberger. And if Roethlisberger decides to hang it up, 
then that becomes a concern. So really, if I'm in a situation, I'm in a buy low situation right now with Juju. I hope he has a monstrous season with Ben Roethlisberger. And then I'm in a sell high situation right after that, because I'm not sticking around for what's going to come after when Ben Roethlisberger leaves. You don't like Duck Hodges? Not after what I saw. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I like the nickname. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I mean, that would, that would be an ideal situation. If you, if you could buy low on Juju, Ben stays healthy. He has another good season. And then you immediately just turn around and get rid of him because it's not going to get any better. It it really isn't. We've already seen it. And we don't know. We don't even know if Pittsburgh's going to play duck or Mason Rudolph. We've got almost got his head taken off by Jason by what's his name? Who is it? Miles Garrett. All right. I I think he's a good. I think he's a good buy low option. I, I know the thing is people want to believe in Juju just like carry on. So they might be a little stubborn, might have to pay up a little bit, but you're still getting him for lower than what he would have costed you two seasons ago. Yeah. Okay. So just a couple other names, David Montgomery, uh, maybe TJ Hawkinson, maybe a little bit of OJ Howard or um, Hunter Henry. Maybe Cam Newton might be a good QB buy low option. Those are just some guys that you can go out there, probably get for cheaper than they're going to be worth next year. And, you know, you can make some noise in your dynasty league. So next week, what we're going to do is do some sell highs. We did buy lows this week. We're going to do sell highs next week. And I think Aaron's got one more segment for me. I do. All right. So, Jim. Yes. I've got a new little segment for you here. Okay. And this segment is called Would You Rather. All right. I'm going to ask you a question, which one you actually already answered without me even knowing that it was, I knew it was here, but inadvertently asked you. So it came up with carry on Johnson or, and I'm changing the person now, carry on Johnson or Devin Singletary redraft next year. Uh, carry on Johnson. Okay. AJ Green or Mecole Hardman redraft. AJ Green. Ooh, no love. Okay. First pick, first round, you have to take Lamar Jackson, or 10th round, you have to take Mitchell Trubisky. Oof. 10th round, huh? And, like, I have to keep them for the whole year? I can't, like, pick, like, somebody up off waivers or anything? Got to keep them the whole year. All right. Then I'm taking Lamar Jackson first. Okay. Joe Burrow or Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> um, <laughs> come on. I'm going Burrow. I'm going Burrow because I already know what I'm getting with Haskins. That would be my only reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, I, I've... I put you under a little stress. I feel like this one might really get to you. Would you rather watch football and never be able to play fantasy, or would you rather play fantasy and not be able to watch football? I I have my answer because I've heard this question before, 
on other podcasts, but I haven't. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've, I've thought I really about this. Stump you with it, but I guess it's still a very tough decision. I would rather watch football and not play fantasy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I highly disagree. Well, obviously, but I'm I'm the much bigger football fan. But let's put it this way. I go into football season knowing the Dolphins aren't going to win. I go into every fantasy season thinking there's a real shot I can win and then losing every year. And that's worse than knowing you're going to lose at the start of the year. <laughs> that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, all right. So that was a little would you rather. I think... Jim, I thought the fifth question was really going to be a stumper for you, but obviously you've you've had thoughts about that before. So uh, for me, it's feels almost like a no-brainer. I think I would agree with most of yours, except for the first one. I'm probably going Devin Singletary instead of Carryon Johnson. Okay. All right, we've got one listener question this week, and this is via email from maddie 75 at AOL.com. Come on, bro. Get a better email than maddie 75 at AOL.com. What, what year is this, 1990? <laughs> yeah. AOL.com. Funny side note, guys. Aaron's father-in-law just figured out within the last year and a half that he was still paying AOL.com 20 bucks a month <laughs> or whatever it was. It is true. It, they'll st- hey, if they can collect money, they will. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Maddie seventy five asks: With so few elite wide receivers in two thousand nineteen, will you consider putting a higher premium on wide receiver in the first round of redraft leagues, or will you still focus on the running backs? I believe Aaron and I are both going to have the same answer here, and I think that's running backs. Am I right, Aaron? I am going to still focus running back because. Even though there is a limit to the elite wide receivers, there's more than a handful of capable wide receivers, whereas there's not that many elite running backs and there's not that many capable running backs either. So that's where I kind of size it up and try to look at it that way. I I agree. Uh, Additionally, I think that last year was an anomaly as far as wide receivers go. I think that there's going to be some positive regression there and you're going to have more receivers bounce back into being a top one guy. I don't think we're going to see Julian Edelman in the top 12. I don't think we're going to see Cooper Cup. I mean, uh, not Cooper Cup. Um, we're not going to see Tyler Lockett in the top 12. We're going to see some more of these guys bounce back, be what we expected them to be. You know, DJ Chark isn't going to be in the top 15 again. You're going to get some of those big guys, big time guys who are Devontae Adams, uh, Odell. You're going to see them come back into the fold. Tariq Hill. You're going to have everybody, all these other receivers get back where they belong. I think that's, I think it's smart. Don't, don't go too early on wide receivers. There's enough to go around. You know, if, if you have a top five pick, you should probably be going running back. Top four, definitely. If you get that fifth pick, maybe I could see considering Michael Thomas. But beyond that, I am I'm going running back until pick 
eight, nine, or not nine, ten is really where maybe I start to consider running back or wide receiver. Yeah, if I was if I was pick nine or later, then I would take my first wide receiver. Okay, so Maddie seventy five, thanks for writing in. Maybe you'll get famous from listening to this podcast and getting your name out there, and people can Venmo you money so you can afford something better than AOL. <laughs> it's okay. We still love you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening, everybody. This was our buy low option for dynasty players. Maybe some players that will be cheaper in the draft season comes around for redraft. Look forward to having any questions or input. Remember, if you guessed any of those players and guess who, let us know. Let us know if you were three for three or two for three. Let us know if you beat Aaron. Um, And tune in next week for some sell high options. Yes. And who knows? Maybe... Those sell high options will bring you in some great players for next season to win your freaking dynasty league, people. Let's wake up and get this thing going. All right. Have a good day, week, whatever. (laughs) We'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the What the Fantasy podcast. For more fantasy information from Aaron and James, visit www.weebly.whatthefantasy.com.